My name is Becky Schnexer, and you're listening to the Expedition Schnexer Podcast. So I thought it might be about time that I share with you an exciting story from the Galapagos Expedition with National Geographic and Lundblad Expeditions. The Zodiac story from our expedition. It happened on November 28th. We were on Santiago Island this morning and we had to go super, super early in the morning. So this part of the expedition, this part of the island, Santiago, is known for having pretty difficult tidal changes. And so when you're on a ship, whether it's a cruise ship or a research vessel, a lot of times you're going to use these little boats called Zodiacs and they're they're small, they're about, I would say, um, about 20 feet long and they take you from the ship to shore. And sometimes you have what's called a wet landing, sometimes you have a dry landing. Today we had a wet landing, which means uh, when you get to the island, you have to jump into the water and then walk your way to the shore. And um, it'll, it could be anywhere between calf size or calf height water to knee height water, which is, is totally fine. Um, sometimes it's a little bit chilly, but that's okay. You just, um, you, you hop in and you make it to shore and then you either dry off your feet, put your shoes on or you just walk barefoot on the island um but I always tie my shoes to my bag so that I have complete hands free everything's in my day pack um so I can jump in the water get to shore do my exploration for the day uh and then get back on the zodiac and head back to the ship so um back to this island this particular island is known for having pretty difficult water to to navigate and so What we needed to do was make sure today when we were getting on and getting off the Zodiacs that we did did it quickly so we didn't get caught in the waves. So if you've ever seen the movie Moana, you can kind of picture what happens when you time your waves incorrectly. You can capsize um, and a lot of a lot of things can happen. So we didn't want that to happen. Um, Although we are in the paradise of Galapagos, uh, the water's quite chilly because of the way that the currents come towards the equator and it was overcast and we just didn't, it it was not in the plan to get soaking wet. Um, At that point, that was not in the plan. Uh, We would find out a little bit later that that actually was in the plan for us today. So uh, we, we get to the island with zero difficulty, right? It was actually too smooth getting to the island. Uh, We would find out a little bit later. Uh, But as we were getting ready to get back on the Zodiacs to head back to the ship for lunch, or actually for breakfast that day, we went super, super early in the morning so that we could time the tidal change uh, with ease. Uh, We started seeing the waves coming in and getting a little bit higher as the Zodiacs were coming to shore. So the first Zodiac loads up, Zodiac 1, um, and they're off to the ship. Uh, Samra, my teaching partner and I for this expedition, were in Zodiac 2. And as we were getting ready to board, she and I were going to be the first two getting on the boat this time. Uh, we see the waves getting bigger and bigger, and we're like, all right, we, you know, game face on. We got to get on. We got to um, scoot all the way to the end of the boat. We got to get everybody in and so we can get to the ship without incident. Well, uh, sounds super easy. But I can tell you that um, 
<clears throat> it actually, it started off pretty easy. Samra was the first one to hop on. She hopped on really fast, scooted down. I hopped on, scooted down really fast. As the rest of our friends, our exhibition family, were boarding the Zodiac, we, Samra and I, saw one particular wave that was larger than we uh, had hoped to have seen, um, and we both stood up because we didn't want to get our bottoms wet. Uh, well, it turns out that that's literally what you should not do on a Zodiac. The Zodiac actually is designed for your body weight to kind of hold down the sides and keep the boat from shifting too fast or, or capsizing, honestly. Um, so we both stood up, Samra gets knocked a little bit, um, and then I sit back down and I just decide like, this is not what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stay seated. It's okay if my butt gets wet. Like we're going back to the ship, it's totally fine. So waves and waves and waves keep coming. They're getting bigger and bigger. Our bottoms are getting wet. Our backs are getting wet. And all of a sudden, um, you know, we're just waiting for people like get on the boat, sit down so we can get going. Um, it just wasn't happening quick enough. A very, very large wave comes um, and it hits Samra. It hits the boat. It hits Samra and she falls to the middle of the boat and it and it shakes her. Really, she's basically in shock. So um, it was a little bit scary. It was cold. I was soaking wet at this point. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to sit down because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, Samra is very scared, so she kind of stays in the middle of the boat. Um, and we convince her to get up on the side, but the seat that she chooses to take is uh, on the laps of two of our friends on expedition. Um, but they were fine. They were holding her, trying to calm her down. Um, but the problem is wave after wave after wave, if they're getting bigger, they're knocking the boat back to shore. So we're kind of stuck on the sand. People are still trying to get on and the boat is also filling with water. So all I could think in my head was just, just stay the course, stay the course, sit down. It's totally fine. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get going. Um, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The boat is filling with water. Um, some of the people that were on the boat with us did not secure their phones, their iPhones or their cameras into their day packs. So they're getting wet and, and they start screaming because they're, you know, they're scared. These are pretty big waves. Um, their equipment is getting possibly broken. They're getting cold. They're getting wet. They're getting knocked to the middle of the boat. Um, you know, when people start panicking, they don't quite do what they're supposed to do. So what you're supposed to do is sit down. So I'm a rule follower. I'm sitting down this whole time. Um, but you see people, you know, there's basically by now, there's like a dog pile in the middle of the Zodiac. And all I could think to myself was, how are we going to get off of the sand? You know, we've been pushed all the way back on the sand. A lot of the naturalists are trying to push the boat into the water. But the problem is, as soon as we get the boat uh, close enough in the water, deep enough where we can drop the propeller, there's too many people standing outside of the boat. We don't want to drop the propeller. And by that time, a big wave pushes us back. So it's just this big conundrum. You've got yelling people. You've got falling people. You've got people a little bit in shock, uh, freaking out a little bit. We can't get off the sand. We can get off the sand, but we can't drop the propeller. You know, just all of these things are happening at once. Um, a big wave then. I, In the meantime, I'm sitting there and I'm pulling. I'm putting my arms out, pulling people back so that they can sit on the side of the boat so we can you know get some stability and so that we can get off the sand and we can get out into the open water and basically into safety um but it's just not happening one of the times that I had kind of bent down I had my bottom still on the side of the boat but I had kind of hovered over to grab someone another big wave came and it pushed me down and so I became a part of the big dog pile in the middle of the zodiac which is which is no good in the process I also my 
leg scrapes the dry box that's in the middle of the zodiac and I'm bleeding. I, I didn't feel it at the time. I didn't even know it happened. I just knew, oh man, okay, well, I ran into that. That's fine. Just get up, sit up. I'm uh, picking up other people, getting them up on the side of the boat. Everybody's sitting, everybody's sitting, everybody's sitting where they're supposed to be. We finally get everybody in the boat. We've pushed the boat far enough into the water to get going. And we do. Uh, Samra is still in shock. So she's still sitting on the opposite side of this little boat um, on two people's laps. And our head naturalist at this time was Jonathan, um, who we love. Jonathan was our naturalist mentor. We actually met him before this expedition. Um, he was the familiar face for us uh, when we started a few days ahead of this. Um, so we felt really comfortable with him. And he is trying to tell Samra, like, you can't, uh, you know, safety regulations, you cannot sit on their lap. You have to be on the side. You know, we make room for her to come over and she's in shock she's scared um and she's just nodding no like I'm not gonna move um so we finally convince her all right she's gonna come sit in the middle between me and some other people we, we've sat her down she's good to go um someone in in the chaos of all this that happened someone uh his name is Vince he came and sat on my side so he was closest to the front end of this little boat. I was next to him, then Samra, and then three more people. So there were six of us on our side, six of us on the other side. Um, but we realized pretty quickly that the Zodiac's not moving very fast and it, it's gonna take a really long time or possibly not be able to make it back to the ship because it's so full of water. The water now was about up to our knees. So, so that's not good. <laughs> I'm sure that you can picture that from right now. Uh, when we realized that naturalist Jonathan says, okay, everybody, we've got to get the water out, you know, get, get the water out. And so I'm looking around. I, like I told you before, I'm a rule follower. And so if someone says like, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to do it. So I'm looking around like, what am I going to do? Like, there's no buckets. There's no this, there's no that. Um, I guess I'm just gonna have to use my hands. So I kind of get up, I crouch a little bit and I start using my hands and uh, to get the water out of the boat. And, and I quickly start laughing because I am actually helping not at all. Like the, the minuscule amount of water that's even fitting in my hands, um, not enough to make a difference. And even when I'm trying to shove it out of the boat, I'm either throwing it on someone else who's on the boat or just on the side of the boat and it's just going right back into the middle of the boat where it doesn't need to be. So I find this hilarious, but um, knowing that not everyone on the boat is in uh, the most positive attitude right now, um, positive state of mind, shall we say. Uh, I choose not to laugh out loud, but in my head, I'm just picturing this from the outside. Like, what does this look like from the outside? I'm crouched down trying to get the water out. It's obviously not working. This isn't gonna do anything. But I turn around to kind of see, okay, what strategy is everybody else using? Like, what, how are they getting the water out? How am I gonna use that to also help our team here? And no one, absolutely no one on the boat is helping get this water out. So I'm like, okay, great. So me and my nerdy little self that follows the rules, getting the water out. Um, but I do quickly realize as I turn around, all right, nobody's helping anybody's helping ah Jonathan's helping so I turn around I'm like all right what strategy is he using well Jonathan here's I I hope you can picture this because it's absolutely comical he's on the opposite side of the boat 
um, near the back by the propeller, by the little motor. Um, and he has pulled out his flip-flops and he is like using the flip-flops like a rudder or like some sort of propeller to like, um, get the water out. And so he's, you know, he's just flapping, flapping, flapping his arms and getting the water out. And it, but it's also like not effective at all. Looks awesome. Looks really awesome. Looks really cool. Um, but he's, he's coming up against the same thing. Like he's trying to get the water out, but it's not getting out. It's hitting the side of the boat and just coming right back in. So again, I am ready to just just bust out laughing, uh, but I can't because not everybody would appreciate me thinking this is very funny right now. So I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I'm gonna sit down because this isn't doing anything. Um, and as I sit down, I notice, um, I told you before, I um, would go barefoot on wet landings and then I would just tie my shoes on the back of my bag. So my shoes are on the back of my bag <clears throat> and uh, not everybody did that though. Uh, a lot of people had their shoes and they just put them in the floor of the Zodiac. But as you can imagine, with the Zodiac half full of water right now, everybody's shoes are starting to pop up to the surface of the water. And I am so deathly afraid that they're gonna go out of the boat and then we're gonna like we're gonna be in a tough spot. We're not gonna go back to get the shoes probably. Like, this is not good. So I sit back down on the side of the boat and I use my feet to kind of push, um, you know, trap, trap the shoes with my feet and hold them down to the bottom of the boat. So I'm holding about four different pairs of shoes under my feet, trying to brace my body on the edge of the boat, not fall out, make sure everybody's calm get this going i'm still like jonathan is still trying to get the water out so he can he's still got his little propeller action with his flip-flops trying to get the water out um and all of this just kind of dawns on me like i really like i was before what in the world does this look like from the outside like if someone was making a movie right now how comical would all of this look? And what kind of stories am I gonna be able to tell after all of this is said and done, after everybody's calmed down and they're not freaked out, we're safe on the ship? Um, I could just imagine uh, trying to replay this for other people in their minds, but we do, so spoiler alert, um, or as you can probably tell, I'm telling this story and I'm in a great mood. Uh, we made it back safe, we made it back to the ship, all of us are completely soaked head to toe. It's very, very cold. So as soon as we get back to the ship, um, I ran and I got um, one of the robes from our cabin for Samra because she was very, very cold and just not, um, still kind of in shock with all that had happened. Um, and then just trying to make sure everybody's there, everybody's safe, everybody's calm. And uh, of course, after we disembark, we get on the ship, we're ready to go. We see all the other Zodiacs that followed us pulling up to the boat or pulling up to the ship. Their boats were pulling up to the ship and uh, they're all dry. So uh, not only did we have a pretty exciting Zodiac ride back, we're the only ones that kind of timed this wrong and, and got the short end of the stick. So. You know, I had to make light of the situation. I stood there, I greeted everyone as they got off the Zodiac and I um, commented on how dry they were. And you know, you must not have done it right because you're supposed to be soaking head to toe. Like what's going on? Can't believe you guys just left us hanging like that. You know, just all those um, and just silly things that that you, that you do to kind of cope with your situation. But um, after that, every single Zodiac ride after that, uh, Samra and I think a couple other people had kind of a difficult time because it was, it was a little bit traumatic if you're not kind of keeping your wits about you, if you're not expecting it and you know, everyone reacts in a different way. So as I've told the story a few times to different people, especially to my students, I, I replay this in my class and, and my students love the story. 
um, I started thinking really about any situation or really situations that test people's character, test their um, aptitude for survival, or just kind of test your, your mental state and how everyone reacts so incredibly different in different situations. Some people give up, some people panic, some people go into shock, some people are just there to help. Um, you name it, there are so many different reactions that could possibly happen. And every person in a situation is definitely gonna have a different take, different experiences, a different reaction to what's going on. So I started thinking about things that happen in the classroom. Maybe when you have planned a project or you've planned a task that either you think the students are just going to love and they're just going to eat this up, or maybe um, you've planned some professional development opportunity for your colleagues and you anticipate it going one way and it totally doesn't for whatever reason. Um, and you just see how different people react. You hope that people are going to rally and they're going to be resilient and they're going to be with you 100%. Um, but sometimes they're not. Uh, sometimes your students want to quit. Sometimes your colleagues want to quit or they're not on board with an idea or they're just not sold on something or they feel like they can't handle a situation. And really wanted to start thinking about personally, how do I react in those situations? Or if I'm not in charge of something, maybe I'm the receiver of information or professional development or a lesson or whatever it may be, what is my reaction? Am I panicked? Do I tend to panic? Do I tend to shut down? Do I quit? Am I a rallier? Am I a cheerleader? What is my reaction? What are my students' reactions in different situations? And how can we use that? Use that information, use that prior knowledge to inform us and make us prepared for any situation. So I know sometimes I plan some pretty daunting tasks for my students because one, I want to challenge them. I don't want to give them something that's easy. And two, I want to see what they can do, what they'll push themselves to do and what I can push them to accomplish so that we can look back and say, ah, oh, this was the situation. Can you believe this happened, this happened, this happened? This is how we overcame it. Or this is what we tried and it didn't work, so we tried something different. Um, just those lessons and resilience are so incredibly important. And so from this story, although looking back, definitely comical, um, it really gave me something to chew on as an educator and as a scientist, really looking at expeditions, looking at projects, looking at field work, um, and really any situation, whether it's with students or with my colleagues, how do I react in situations? How do I respond? How do I overcome challenges or how do I help others? And this might be more important. How do I help others overcome challenges that maybe they're not sure they can tackle on their own or maybe they just need a little coaching. Maybe they need a little cheerleading. Maybe they need a little scaffolding and a little help along the way. But that's my challenge to you. It's New Year's Eve 2018. We're about to go into a new year. How are you preparing to help others be resilient or to face the challenges that are coming up in the new year, whether it's colleagues, whether it's students, whether it's your family, maybe it's friends. What are you doing to help them cope? And how are you preparing for different types of reactions and possibly reactions that you're not anticipating people to have?
thank you for tuning in to this episode of Expedition Schnexer. I hope you tune in next time.